It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. Have you ever had the experience where someone's asked you a question and you don't know the answer? Maybe a parent or a teacher asked you that question and you sat grasping at straws, trying to come up or even create an answer, but you just had nothing. You know, questions in general are a good thing. Questions lead us to answers. But if all we do is ever just question, 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 but never have an answer, well, we'll just come up empty-handed all the time. And so we're in the midst of a series, a midst of a series where we're asking questions, but going beyond the questions and seeking an answer. And I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to spend time with John Bradshaw, speaker director of It Is Written International. John, I'm so glad that you're here again for our exploration in scripture. Thanks, Chris, I'm glad too. Thanks for having me. You know, we've been asking questions, which questions are good for the honest seeker. We've been finding answers in God's Word, looking for the true meaning of life, looking to see if God is real, if God is who He says He is. As we open the Bible, we have to come to the conclusion that there's a lot we wrestle with, a lot that's difficult to understand. If we were to spend our time today talking about some of the prophecies in Zechariah or Ezekiel, you know, we'd have to admit this is some pretty tough going. However, there is much in the Bible that's crystal clear. The majority of it is not hard to understand and doesn't take a scholar's mind to wade through. There's nothing hard about God as love. There's nothing hard about thou shalt not. There's nothing hard about if you confess, he'll forgive. The great important truths of the Bible are pretty clear and it's not difficult to get into the Bible and glean enough pretty quickly to help you establish a wonderful relationship with God that will see you into eternity. The Bible is God's book. It's life-changing. And that is the amazing thing. And we have been studying because we began with that question. We began with that question, what is the real meaning of life? And, and we went through your journey of finding Jesus. And then we asked the question, what, you know, what are the odds that this book is correct. Does God have a future for us? And we consistently, as we have explored the prophecies of Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 and Daniel 9, that God does have a plan. And that plan is to reveal to us Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, we find a friend, we find a savior, we find a Messiah, and we find our purpose in life. But the question now that that leads to is, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? You know, we look at a, around the world today and there are many people who claim to be Christians. In fact, there was a book recently written called Unchristian, where there's this exploration of the views of people to Christians. And time after time after time, the great criticism of Christianity is this word, inconsistency. Hearing one thing, but seeing quite another. So John, as we begin today, what does it mean to really follow Jesus? 
Jesus quoted the Old Testament once when he was talking to a young man. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind and all of your strength. Now, we've got to be very careful that we don't mean that to follow Jesus means you have to be some kind of a heavyweight champion of Christianity. Right. You know, the, the, the Olympic gold medal winner in faith. It's a simple business and it's for anybody. But one of the great inconsistencies is that for some, faith in God is an add-on. Yes. It's, it, it, it has Velcro on the back and you just stick it to whatever you're wearing that day and then you take it off at certain times. That's right. Now, while it's true that many of us are tremendously inconsistent, um, I think what that shows, I, I, I don't want to get us off track here, but I want to explore a thought. Christianity is a growth. Yes. You know? Sanctification is a destination. I don't mean that a person cannot be sanctified in the here and now. I don't mean that. But Jesus talked about growth. He, he referred to the plant. He said, the kingdom of God is like something growing. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. That's right. And uh, many of us can, can fall or slip or fail to hit the mark, even though we love God with all of our hearts. That's right. Uh, if you were to give my son the keys to our car right now and ask him to drive downtown, I think he'd probably get out of the driveway. But by the time he got too far down the road, there'd be all kinds of trouble. <laughs> it's not because of a lack of intent. It's not because he's a bad boy. It's just that he's not there yet. That's right. And sometimes that's true in faith and it needs right. to be recognized. Sometimes we're not there yet. And because we are growing we, 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 we just don't ace it all the time like we should. I want to say, and that's okay. Even though it's not okay, yes. the, the, the baby falls an awful lot while learning to walk. And, and that happens with some of us in our, in our faith in God. But having said that, it's important that we recognize that faith in God ought to be what we are, not just something that we do. That's right. And that's what happens. You see, we don't pray and ask God to help us to be as good as Jesus. That's not Christianity. Christianity is coming to God and saying, okay, I want you to live your life in me. And now God, we give God permission to take control of our lives. Now here's what happens. It's easy on a, on a lovely sunny day. It's 21 degrees and there's nary a breeze in the sky and you're driving in, along your favorite road and it's pretty easy to be a Christian under those circumstances. That's right. And to pray and say, your will be done. Yeah. But then you get to the supermarket and the person behind the counter is snippy with you and then somebody takes your parking space and blah, blah, And suddenly <clears throat> it can all disappear before we even think to yield to God. Yes. So Christianity is this thing where we come to God, we, we get close enough to God that He fills us up and it's God living His life, Jesus through the Holy Spirit living His life in us. And so probing that a little deeper, and I would agree, I agree with you 100% because sometimes we can be very critical and, that, and that's our, sometimes our human nature. We're very critical of one another. And you talked about Christianity as a journey. The starting point of that journey is this question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And it's very interesting. In the Bible, we have a record after Jesus had died, spent some time with his disciples, teaching them, preparing them for their mission, Peter preaches this tremendous sermon as recorded in Acts chapter 2. And as he preaches that sermon, 
when he comes to the conclusion, we find a group of people asking the very same question that you and I are asking today. What does it mean to follow Jesus? There in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 37, I'll read the question and then, and then we'll go to you for the answer. The crowd hears Peter preach about Jesus as Lord in their lives, preaching about Jesus, the one they crucified. And then in verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart Mm. and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter was pretty quick with his response. That's right. It doesn't say he had to hem and haw or take a long time and consider. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He called them to repent. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Now, this word repentance, you know, it's not a word. It is, it is a word that has a lot of uh, religious flavor, if I can use that, yeah, uh, sure. that phrase. Not a term that we're going to see thrown around at the coffee shop. What is repentance, John? What does this mean? This, because, again, this is probing a question. It's the question we're asking. We've been presented with Jesus as Lord. We saw in, in, in Daniel 9, Jesus precisely fulfilling the prophecy, coming on time to be the Messiah. And then in your prayer during that show, you ask that he not just be the Messiah, but he be the Messiah in our life. So it's something personal. And so when asked the question, what shall we do? Peter says, repent. What is repentance? Repentance includes the idea of being sorry for your sin. Okay. It includes that idea. It's difficult to repent while not being sorry for your sin. That's right. So repentance is about saying to God verbally or however you want to say to God, or to somebody else for that matter, but to say to God, I am sorry that I did this. I confess my sin to you. That's part of it. That's part of it. And it isn't uh, a sorrow for sin that originated in the head. It originates in the heart. There's godly sorrow the Bible talks about. So a true sorrow for sin is included in this idea of repentance. But repentance goes a step further. John wrote in John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But he didn't end there. He added, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. God's idea isn't for us to come to him, be forgiven and cleansed, and then go and wallow in the mud again, come back and get hosed off and run back to the mud and come back to get hosed off The idea and the experience we may have is that we come to God, be cleansed of sin, and then then we don't have to go back and repeat some of those or any of those sins again. Yes. So repentance is sorrow for sin and turning away from sin. Okay. Proverbs 28, 13 talks uh, talks about that very thing. So it's not only lip service. Yes. It's life service. It's heart service. Repentance is, is sort of what we do. But in that, in that it's, it's, you can't separate God from the equation. That's right. Because God gets busy when we repent. And in place of our sins, He gives us righteousness. 
in place of our sins, he gives us a brand new heart. Okay. So there's a transaction that takes place that's transformational. That needs to be remembered. Okay, and you used a word there, transformational. You know, sometimes when you hear people talk about repentance, now that word literally in the original languages means to be going one way and to reverse direction and go the other. And that's a very much a behavior thing, what we're doing. But you use this word transformation. I want to probe that just a little bit deeper because we're not just talking about changing a behavior, but transformation involves actually changing how we think, changing from the inside out so that not just my behavior, because, you know, sometimes we can spruce, uh, you know, uh, in, 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 in English, there's that phrase, putting lipstick on a pig, so oh, yeah. to speak. Sure. You know, you can spruce up the outside while the inside is all messed up still. But repentance is a transformation of the inside. It is a gift of God because we can't change you know, the, the Bible asks a question. Jeremiah says, can a leopard change its spots? We can't change our spots, but it's a changing of the inside, which then affects the outside. I tell this story, I've told it often. My little boy when he was, well, my big boy when he was my little boy, <laughs> just maybe two or perhaps three years old, we were saying his prayers together at night and he prayed, and dear Jesus, help me to be good. I stopped him. Long story, less long. I said, I don't want you to pray to be good. Don't pray to be good. Well, he, he knows I don't want him to pray to be bad. He's looking at me as if to say, well, what, Daddy? I said, Jacob, if you pray that Jesus will make you to be good, you're praying an impossibility. Jesus said there is none good but one, and that is God. That's right. So in, in essence, you're not praying to be good. You're praying to be God, and he's not going to give you that. Instead, pray that Jesus would live his life in you. We can't be good, and we've got to get off this idea that we can and that uh, God can make us good. Instead of being good, we need to be holy and we need to be righteous. And that only comes from one place, the presence of Jesus. So it isn't, oh, make me good. It's come into my life and live your life in me. Then we can't be bad. And it's Christ's goodness and Christ's work. And we cooperate with that and assent and surrender to him. Christianity is about surrendering to God. And that, that issue of surrender, you say, you've said so much there, that surrender. God's grace, God's mercy. It's God working in us. See, see, too often when we talk about this issue of behavior and we talk about repentance, we, we get the idea that maybe what we're, where we're trying to go is that we just need to spruce up the outside. But if God is living, just like that prayer of your son, Jesus live in me, then it is our dependence upon God because we cannot make ourselves good. Correct. Because our, we are, we are. It, it's it's like uh, a child, a two-year-old child. What 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 happens when that two-year-old child goes next to the oven? And you say, "Don't touch the oven; it's hot." The natural inclination is to reach out because we've been corrupted by the sin of our parents, Adam and Eve, and have inherited this nature which is evil continually, and the only one that can change that is God working in us. And so Peter makes this cry to repent and be baptized. Paul wrote, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. Repentance isn't, isn't just a renewing of your attitude. Yes. Because you, know, you can say, all right, I'm going to try harder. Well, you'll, you'll be trying harder till Jesus comes and then you'll be unhappy. It's a, it's a, it's a change of, 
of heart. It's a transforming of mind. Yes. And that's what takes place in repentance. God takes away our sins and gives us his mind, yes. his righteousness. Second Corinthians 5, if any man be in Christ, that person is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. That happens in repentance where we are forgiven and cleansed. And in place of the old heart, we receive a new heart. God's the original cardiac surgeon. Yes. And I want to go off of that, that new heart idea. The Apostle Paul in Romans, Romans chapter 6, as a matter of fact, expounded upon that idea yes. of a new heart, a new life. And, and one thing I want to clarify for, for, our, for people that are studying, because they're going to hear you and I use interchangeably the idea of heart and mind. And it's because in the Bible and the Bible writers, as they write about the heart and the mind, both of these, both of these organs, as we think of them, are actually the Bible writers in the original language, the heart and the mind are really in essence one thing. And that is the very, it's talking about the very essence of who we are. And so repentance is about this change. Now, I, I don't want anybody to be disappointed because as we've turned away from Acts chapter 2, they're saying, but wait, what about this remission of sins, the, the forgiveness of sins? We're going to have an entire show where we talk about forgiveness because that's a key piece. But Romans chapter 6, Paul talks about this new heart, this new life. John, why don't you read verses one through four? Let's start there and we might get into verse five if we have time. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, I'm so glad you brought this up, live any longer therein? Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that just like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. R repentance, really, it's a, it's a grave, really. We come to God in repentance. The old us dies. And in the place of the old us, God recreates by His grace a, a new individual with a new mind. And it's very interesting because the analogy, the comparison that Paul makes is a comparison to baptism baptism with the death of Christ. And if we look at the death of Christ, Jesus is crucified. Jesus literally dies on that cross. Jesus is buried. And then three days he rises again. Okay. But when he rises again, he's not stained by the, by the beatings that he took. Now he has a couple of scars that will last on as a reminder but he has a new body, a new body that's not broken, a new body that's not dead. And so Paul uses this analogy to teach us that repentance and baptism, it is this transaction where we figuratively die. The old man, the old ways, the old self stays in the water. And then as we pull up out of the water, we now walk in this newness of life. What does that mean, John, the, the newness of life? I mean, it even, that, it, that even has a sound, a ring to it that, that's appealing. What does that mean? You know, so many of us, we are stained, we are scarred, we are wounded, we are guilty. There's no escape from that, you know, There's no, except through Jesus. You get a new starting point, a new mind, 
a new orientation, a new, a new grasp on life. God makes us new. The old you is gone. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to look, look at your past and feel like a, a loser and a failure. You can say, well, that was the old me. I've been made new by Jesus and I'm living a new life in faith. And you know, here's the amazing thing, because some people, when we talk about Christianity, when we talk about making a decision to follow Jesus, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Some people will say, that's very confining, that's very restrictive. But you know, in Romans 6 here, Paul finishes this thought by saying, knowing this in verse 6, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Freedom in Jesus. Amen. And that's what this issue of repentance is all about. So John, in summarizing, what does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to repent, let the old ways pass away, have a new life in Jesus that actually brings freedom of the suffering that takes place when we live a life without God. And it is hard to believe, but our time is up with that. And so what I think we need to do, because somebody out there may be wondering or may be hungering to follow this Jesus. And I think it would be appropriate, John, if you had prayer to pray for that individual, pray for us that we would follow Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you give us the gift of repentance to those who are reaching out after you now, Lord, come preciously near and give a new life. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. everyone. Today I'm really thrilled to welcome Chris, the It Is Written speaker, into our Live Healthy Kitchen. Thanks for being here with me. I am glad to be here with you, Bev. Awesome. You know, today I wanted to talk about breakfast. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have varying thoughts about breakfast. What do you have for breakfast, if we can ask? Well, you know, I'm very busy, and so I like to get a good breakfast, good. but with a lot of nutrition, so I typically have an all-fruit smoothie. Sometimes I'll throw a little flax seed in there. Awesome. And How then about the greens? greens? I, I do put some greens. Awesome. I put some kale, okay. sometimes a little spinach. Good. And then, uh, and then I'll have some type of whole grain on the side. Okay, fantastic. When you're talking about the whole grain, what kind of whole grain? I like barley. Mm. I like quinoa is one of my favorites. Uh -huh. uh, sometimes I'll have kamut. Nice. So we, we like those grains. They stick with you. Okay, fantastic. Now, I know a lot of people have told me that they don't really like to have breakfast so much. They're not hungry first thing in the morning or there's just no time. So today I've got a really great recipe. It's called Randy's Overnight Muesli. It's um, a recipe of my husband's and he makes this for me sometimes. Love it. And it's easy and it's one of those things you can just take with you. So that's a really nice thing. Let's get to the recipe. You talked about your, your quinoa and kamut and all this. This one's just using good old fashioned oats and it's gonna stick to the ribs. 
it's going to be really good. So I'm going to have you dumping stuff in the bowl okay. here as we go along, and we can talk about it. So first, we're starting with a nice bowl of just oats. Then we're going to add some raisins. You like raisins? I do like raisins. Raisins are good. They're nice and sweet and nutritious. Exactly. So they're going to add that little bit of sweetness to our meal here. And then we've got some desiccated coconuts, just some unsweetened coconuts, shredded. We're gonna add that. Then we've got some pumpkin seeds. Now what are pumpkin seeds good for, Beth? Well, you know what? Gentlemen, this one's for you. This is really good for your prostate. It's got some really neat phytonutrients happening there that are going to be protective of the prostate. So gentlemen, eat up your pumpkin seeds. They're also called pepitas. So eat up those pepitas. So you've mixed those in. Then, you know, let's go with the hemp hearts. Now I've got a bag of hemp hearts here because I know you're just about to ask me, what, what are hemp hearts? <laughs> All right. Well, these ones are actually raw shelled hemp hearts, and they're really good for us. They've got the omegas happening, really great source of protein, uh, uh, fiber, all kinds of good things in these little tiny, tiny hemp hearts. See how small they are? I do see how small they are. Lovely. So really good. Go out and buy yourself a nice bag of hemp hearts. Um, you know, we talk about the omega fats a lot, and this is really good for the omegas. That sounds good. Dates. Do you like dates? I do like dates. Awesome. Now not, the why, kind, not the kind that your wife and you go on. Well, I like those okay. too, <laughs> but I like these kinds of dates. Why, why are these kinds of dates good? Natural sweetness. Natural sweetener. So we're just going to put a little bit of, you know, shredded up dates in there. And then for a moisture base, we're going to use, I've used a soy yogurt that I've added a little bit of water to to make it milky. Okay. And we're going to pour this on top and you're just going to mix it all in there. There we go. And what we're going to do is we're going to put this in the refrigerator overnight. So we're not going to have to cook this at all. And um, it's going to absorb the liquid overnight. It's going to soften up the oats, soften up the raisins. And in the morning, you just pull it from the fridge. You are good to go. That sounds like a good breakfast. It is, and it's so delicious. Got all kinds of nutrition happening there. Voila. That sounds good. And I'm looking forward to having some Randy's overnight muesli. All right. Eat your breakfast, everyone. It's the best meal of the day. We'll see you next time. Beyond questions. What does it mean to really follow Jesus? John and I were only able to just cover a small portion of what it means to follow Jesus. I'd like to give you the book Steps to Christ, which will probe deeply into what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Here's the information you need to receive that free book. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. 
John, what an encouraging study to know that someone like me with, with a past that I'm a little bit ashamed about can start over and have a new walk with Jesus. God specializes in those, those special projects. You know, you read in the Bible, there are few who don't have a checkered history or a colorful past that God gets his hands on. We shouldn't let that keep us from coming to God in any way because God is able to give anyone, everyone, a brand new heart and a new life. That is good news. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. And I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of It Is Written. I hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.